Welcome to Epiphany with Tiffany, a podcast that explores the deeper meaning behind the clothes you wear and items you own and how to work with the energy of the cosmos to make powerful shifts in your life, home, and wardrobe. I'm your host, Tiffany. I'm a holistic life and style coach and personal stylist with a deep love for fashion and a firm believer of the life-changing power of energetics. Tune in each week for an illuminating discussion designed to shift your frequency and connect your environment to your soul. This is a Soul Fire production. Welcome back. Today's podcast episode features a very special guest, astrologer Scott Tajarian. Scott is the creator and author of the book, The Basics of Astrology, and he is also the host of a popular weekly podcast that often charts the Weekly Transit Astrology Podcast. I love this podcast. I randomly stumbled upon it a few months ago. It has become a staple in my Sunday evening routine. I love listening to the podcast because it offers a day-by-day breakdown of the planets and transits, the moon cycle, and really helpful anecdotes on how the energy might play out in your personal life. It's just a really well thought out show. It has a great flow and structure, and I love getting my weekly energy report through this podcast. And Scott's co-host Ingrid Iverson gives a nice real world context to some of the explanations of the energy and what we can be on the lookout for, which just grounds everything with balance and real talk, which I absolutely love. So highly recommend Scott's podcast. Through listening to Scott's podcast, I felt really called to schedule a one-on-one session with Scott to get a deep dive of my natal astrology chart. I had, of course, already known about a lot of the aspects within my chart just from my own digging around but I had never had an astrologer do an official reading for me until I met with Scott. And that 90-minute session was so eye-opening, so many aha moments, and Scott narrows in on all the details, gives you lots of gems to noodle on, and without even ever knowing or meeting Scott before, I felt like he knew me on such a deep level. It was wild. I now work with Scott on a weekly basis. He is my astrology guide and mentor, and he has really helped me deepen my understanding of astrology and the language of astrology, my understanding of myself and my patterns that I am here to work on in this lifetime. And he has helped me figure out how to better time the energy. So mapping out the current transits with my personal astrology chart to see what areas of my chart are currently being illuminated week over week. So I know what area of my life to focus on, whether that's work, relationships, home, moving, etc., so that I can set more realistic goals and work with the energy instead of against it. 
Scott is truly a wealth of knowledge around all things astrology and life in general, and his insights have helped not only help me better understand the inner workings of my chart in such a personalized and thorough way, but just make me a better astrologer in general as I use astrology as a focal point in my business. So having Scott come on the podcast to chat all things astrology with me is truly such a treat, and I hope you will enjoy this episode. On this episode, we will talk about how Scott found astrology, or more accurately, how it found him, and how it evolved over the years and led him to switch his career and become a full-time astrologer. We also look at a recent pop culture event with a celebrity couple that was highly publicized in the media recently, and we break down the current astrological aspects and in conjunction with the timing of that event and look at a peek at both of their natal charts and their compatibility as a couple. Super interesting. We also look at a actress that has always inspired me, both for my personal style and just her overall energy and vibe. And I was really blown away how Scott was able to pinpoint through looking at my chart and her chart why I was drawn to her, what her energy offered me in my life over the past decades that I've been a fan of hers, despite never actually meeting her in real life. It's truly a fascinating conversation, and I hope you get a lot out of this episode. Be sure to check out the show notes for more info on where to find Scott and how to work with him. I obviously am a huge fan and can't recommend his readings and his show and his services enough. He is such a gifted astrologer. So without further ado, here is my conversation with astrologer Scott Tajerian. Hi, Scott. Hi, Tiffany. Welcome to the Epiphany with Tiffany podcast. Thank Amazing. you so much for being here. You're welcome. Absolutely. Excited to be here. Yay. I'm so glad that you're here. I was introduced to you in the end of March, but I've been listening to your podcast, the Weekly Transit podcast with Ingrid Yes. Um, for a few months now. I just randomly discovered your show when I was looking to... Uh, dive deeper into astrology. And you're one of the first shows that popped up. I wanted to see if I could understand like a weekly snapshot of the energy, the astrological themes, and your podcast spoke to exactly what I was looking for. And I've been hooked ever since. I love your education around astrology as an astrologer. And then Ingrid's real world context with her real life examples. It just really resonates with me. Do you want to share a little bit about the show and, and how long you've had it and, sure. and how that all came about? Yes. Yes. It's, it's been quite an amazing journey. Uh, I mean, I'd always wanted to do a podcast uh, since I started being an astrologer. I thought it, yeah, I had so much to share and uh, but I felt like I needed a partner and so there was a, a a long period of me just kind of you know staying open to like who this partner could be, and uh, I was actually I was before I 
fully became like, I'm doing this astrology for a living. I was working at a restaurant and, uh, this, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've worked in a restaurant for 20 plus years as a server. So this was like, yeah, it was a long-term thing, but I, uh, didn't want it to be long-term and, and astrology, I just kind of fell into it and we can talk about that later, but you know, yeah, Ingrid, she showed up in my life and she told me that she had a friend uh, who had a podcast that I should be on. Uh, her friend, Megan Granger, who has a show called Superficial Magic, um, where she brings on like esoteric people, but she's a comedian. So it, it's kind of like a fun twist on all of the the deep esoteric information. And so I, I recorded this podcast with Megan and I did a reading for Megan and for Ingrid and Chris, who is, um, he is like the producer of the podcast and they were just blown away by what I did, you know? And so Ingrid and Chris were like, you know, anything that we can do to help promote you, like you're, you're just so amazing. And, and we just appreciate you so much. And I was like, well, I'd actually, I want to do a podcast and Ingrid, do you want to, do you want to do the podcast with me? Like I I wanted a woman to be my partner for the podcast because, Mm. you know, women, they just like women are, you know, they're just built different than men. Men are very dense. And so, you know, women like cycle every month. And so they have like a stronger connection and intuitive feeling to what is going on with the planets and stars. And so Mm. I was like, I, I can't just be a dude talking about astrology. (laughs) Like I need to have like a woman that I can bounce something off of. And ideally I, I would like this woman to be somebody who, who's not an expert, um, mm. that is, you know, that I'm basically teaching and helping learn this language. And she'll be like the person that everybody that's listening can relate to. And I wanted somebody that had Gemini in the primal triad because, wow. uh, that's like, uh, curiosity and communication and Ingrid's a Gemini rising. So I just felt like this is, this is like a perfect moment here. Like they're offering to do something with me and Ingrid's a woman and she's a Gemini rising. And she was like, yeah, okay, sure. And I know that she had no idea that two years plus later, she'd still be doing the show with me. Like we didn't talk about that, but it's, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but it you was, thought it was just going to be a few months or maybe or well I I was like I'm committed long term like immediately <laughs> like I, I wasn't thinking short term I was thinking long term but I just didn't tell that to Ingrid or <laughs> talk about that with Ingrid I was just you know taking one step at a time yeah. I honestly didn't know her very well right um like we'd met maybe uh, a couple months before we started uh engaging in this way and so we, we had to get to, we had to learn how to even talk to one another. Like we, we recorded four episodes that will never be released because we were just trying to find our flow with Mm. how to communicate with one another. So it's been quite a journey. Um, it's amazing. Like we're, we're, uh, you know, our, our numbers keep growing in terms of listeners. We have listeners all over the world. We've been heard in, 
uh, probably over a hundred countries and, wow. and have charted in, in dozens and dozens of countries. So it's been kind of an amazing ride to, to go from where we were to where we are now. So I'm very grateful to, to Ingrid for, for sticking with me and being yeah, on this journey. I mean, that's so exciting. And I, there's so many things about what you just shared that I really think is so interesting. First of all, just really being so intentional about when you had this idea for the podcast, what you wanted it to look like, who you wanted the co-host, what qualities you wanted them to have. And really, it seemed like you really wanted to bring balance of energies to the show. And then also just really specific qualities within astrology that you knew would be helpful to have on the show to talk about all the different topics within astrology, because I do think astrology can feel really complex, especially when you're still first getting to know it or just an outsider of the language. So very insightful. And then also just as a person who is so into energetics and manifestation, and that's a big part of my show and my business, I really think it's interesting how you were so relaxed about the timing of the co-host presenting themselves when the timing was right, but you were very clear and grounded. It sounded like in the type of co-host you wanted. So when Ingrid showed up and had all of those specific qualities you had really noted for yourself, it was like this beautiful manifestation at the right time. And then the show has just grown more and more. I would love to speak to just what you said about how much the show has grown the past two years. I've noticed the past two years where it seems like astrology is having a moment. Mm -hmm. It feels like maybe with the timing of 2020 and the world changing, a lot of people spending more time at home and thinking, do you think that might have any influence to the more curiosity that it seems like some of the masses are starting to have towards astrology and perhaps why your show has been also growing so much in tandem with how powerful and unique your show is. Definitely. I mean, I, uh, you bring up um, some great real world uh, markers as to why uh, astrology is becoming more popular or has become more popular in the last couple of years. But the way that I always look at it is is based on what the planets are telling me. So, you know, <laughs> right, it's like, right. you know, uh, Aquarius is the sign that rules astrology. Mm. And so Saturn uh, has been moving through Aquarius uh, the last couple of years. And, and Saturn is the planetary ruler of Aquarius. So I feel like that brings a bump to astrology, more interest, greater interest, a more of a, a realistic interest because Saturn is about bringing the reality to wherever it goes. Um, it's something that I was looking at long before the podcast, when I was just dipping my toe into becoming an astrologer, I was looking ahead and I was looking at Pluto, which is right now in Capricorn, but it's about to move into Aquarius over the next couple of years. It dips in next year and then it backs into Capricorn, but then it moves fully in in 2024. Because Pluto's so, in retrograde, correct? Pluto's retrograde right now. Yes. yes, but it's retrograding through Capricorn. So uh, when it moves direct again, the next time it moves direct, it's going to get to zero degrees in Aquarius. And then it's going to back into Capricorn when it retrogrades again. And then when it goes direct again, then it's going to be an Aquarius for 20 years. Wow. So 
that to me told me when I was looking at this several years ago that, you know, in the next 25 years, astrology, I feel like is going to be more like totally mainstream. It's going yeah. to be mainstream. Ad- adapted by the, the masses. Cause I think mm-hmm. people are really starting to understand the power behind it. I mean, speaking to my own history, and I'd love to get your background on astrology, what led you to becoming an astrologer, mm-hmm. your first um, interaction with astrology. But I know for me growing up, everyone always just said, well, what's your sun sign? But there was nothing beyond that. No one looked at anything beyond the sun sign. Maybe if you looked at the primal triad, you were a little bit more advanced, but certainly I think whenever I saw astrology charts, it just looked like a bunch of lines and circles and symbols. And I was just completely overwhelmed and was, had no desire to, to look at it further. And it wasn't until the past year or so since starting my business and bringing astrology into my styling business, because I learned about the energies a little bit more and how much they can influence just our overall energy as humans. And that's when it started clicking. And then when you actually start peeling back the layers, understanding what the symbols mean, how the rotation moves with the earth and the other planets and everything starts to click. But I think that people for a long time were just a little bit perhaps overwhelmed by what it meant. But I've heard before, and I don't know if you know about this, that a lot of like big world leaders and just politicians, celebrities, and other people in the world that have a lot of um, big businesses and stuff like that, like Steve Jobs, Steve Gates, um, I think has come up before where they work with astrologers to help make business decisions, understand launch dates. I mean, you and I working together uh, one-on-one, you helped me narrow in on a good date for the launch of my podcast based on the different angles and astrology. Can you speak to any of that? Well, I, <laughs> I, so I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if Bill Gates has an astrologer, but I wouldn't be shocked if he did. You Bill know Gates, what I mean? Yes. It's like, I would, I, I wouldn't be shocked if he did. I wouldn't be shocked if any, you know, billionaire or, you know, powerful politician or whatever, <laughs> is consulting an astrologer on the down low. I I would not be surprised in the least because uh, I think that anyone who's in a position of power and is very successful has gotten there because they are looking at all the different angles. You know, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to do exactly what the astrologer is suggesting that they do, but they want to gather information to, to make an informed decision. And that's really what you know, an astrologer is there to do is to help give some information that will help the client make an informed decision. And so uh, why not? Why not use an astrologer? Yeah, why not? It can be helpful. And it's always important to remember there's a light and shadow side and there's always going to be workable things that are in your favor and then things that are maybe harder or things that could be challenging and and in the energy as well. There's a mixture of both. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's back up a little bit. I would yeah. love to hear the story about how you got interested in astrology, your first encounter with astrology. Mm-hmm. Um, t- take me back to that time. Sure. Well, I, mean, <laughs> I know gonna... the story already, so I'm already <laughs> laughing, but I can't I mean, wait to hear it again. Sure. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's funny just cause like I was, 
considering how many people know about astrology at such a young age now, and and I imagine maybe people did back when I was young in the 80s, but uh, I didn't really know anything. I, I didn't even hear about astrology, or maybe I had, but it didn't register until I was about 20, 21 years old. Uh, in the mid 90s, I was going to school at UCSB. And uh, I was out at a bar uh, in Goleta, which is like uh, near near to the campus. And there's this place, I can't remember the name of it, but it was this place that had like a two for Tuesday deal. And every Tuesday, we'd go to this bar in Goleta and just get trashed, you know, and I was, uh, I, I was talking to a girl, I went up to a girl, I was hitting on this girl, and she just asked me point blank, what's your sign? <laughs> and I said, my sign. And she said, yeah, what's your sign? I, and I just held my hands out. I was like, does it look like I'm carrying a sign? What are you talking about? And she's <laughs> like, sign. when's your birthday? And I told her and she was like, oh my God, you're Scorpio. And just like ran, ran away from me, disappeared. <laughs> and, and I was like, oh, okay. I'm a Scorpio. Like, what is that? Like, it, that was the first time it registered in my mind that astrology is this thing. Scorpios so, get such a bad rap too. I we feel do. like we do, but you know, it, we're, we're the deepest, darkest, most passionate sign mysterious. So we're yeah. super intense and, you know, I'll admit I've been, I've been intense. I've been, you know, <laughs> uh, I can have that stalker vibe and that sort of stuff back in the <laughs> oh day. I mean, now, now I'm, you know, more mature and I've, I've learned how to quell my, my scorpion instincts and, and work with the light side more than the shadow, but, yeah. but that's from the knowledge of understanding who I am. And so that was the first instance I was, that was, uh, that was probably 25 years ago. Uh, the next, the next time astrology really hit me was about 10 years after that. I was in my second long-term relationship with a Leo and it was a roller coaster ride. And it, it could be the highs of the highs and then the lows of the lows. And it was very intense. And a friend of mine at the time was into astrology. And so she like drew up the charts and stuff and was like, oh, well, she's a Leo. And I was like, so when's Leo? And the date of my current girlfriend at the time was not too far from my previous girlfriend. And so it was like, oh, wow, they're both Leos because they're, these women look totally different from one another, but there was something energetically about them that was so similar. And it was really freaking me out because I was felt like I was having the same experience all over again with a new woman. And so that just, I was like, oh, so Leo, she's like, yeah, Scorpio, Leo, you don't want to, you know, that's a tough match. And so that just stuck with me. Why is that a tough match? Well, coming to my own understanding, as I got to understand astrology a little more, it, it breaks down to the modalities, the elements and the symbols. And so, you know, Leo's fire, Scorpio's water, uh, but they're both fixed. That's the modality. So uh, both fixed means that they make a strong connection to one another because they share the modality fixed, but water extinguishes fire and fire scorch or fire boils water. So that makes it a challenging match. Yes. And then when you think about the symbols, 
you know, the scorpion and the lion are two creatures that don't back down from anyone or anything. And the lion's Leo and Scorpio's the scorpion. So, you know, neither of those creatures are going to back down. Mm. They're very fixed. And so it's just an intense match. And so both of my relationships with these women were, were deeply passionate and very intense. Uh, and, and they loved me because I was just so passionate. Uh, but then, you know, something happens and the passion wanes and all of a sudden it just becomes like a dumpster fire. It's just a mess. And I wasn't showing them the attention that they, that they were accustomed to the, you know, the Leo, Leo loves the attention. It's the queen. Right. So, right. so once I stopped showing that sort of attention that they craved, it just became, uh, a real bumpy ride. So when it's good, it's good. When it's bad, watch out. Yes. Yes. And learning about them being both Leos. So that just kind of clicked things that for you clicked, that made astrology. me start to, yeah. It made me think more cl- like, okay, like every single person I met after that, especially woman, I was now the woman at the bar that I met. I was you like, asking. what's your sign? You know, I wanted to know what's your sign. <laughs> I had become the woman that I met at the bar all those years ago. I was now asking all the women that I was meeting, what's your sign? <laughs> When's your birthday? What time are you born? You know, all of those sorts of questions. And so it, but it wasn't until about 10 years after the horrific breakup with my ex, uh, that that's when I started to get more serious about astrology. And that was, I'd been that, that relationship was so difficult for me. Like I wasn't in another long-term relationship for over a decade because I was just so, Mm beaten down. Uh, so, and I was so hesitant. I I wanted to know everything about everyone before I even like, you know, dip a toe in the water. So that scorpion shell of protection, maybe exactly coming out more. Exactly. So, but I had a writing partner, like part of the reason why I was waiting tables for 20 years is because I wanted to be a screenwriter. And, uh, Obviously, that didn't turn out the way that I had hoped it would, but it got close a couple times, you know, where I was getting a little bit of attention here and there. But this one partner that I had, uh, he had an idea that he wanted to write with me. Uh, He was more of an actor. He was someone I met in acting class, Uh, but he had this idea that was based on this true story about this bare knuckle fighter that lived in the early 1800s at the beginning of pugilism. Uh, His name was the Deafen. That was his nickname. He was hearing impaired uh, and he killed the Irish heavyweight champion. And so he wanted to write a story about this and me being my like intense Scorpio way was like, okay, well, I have to learn everything about these characters. Deep and so, dive. Yes. And so all the information about these characters comes from one three volume book that was written over a hundred years ago. And a lot of the excerpts in the book detailing the fights is over 200 years old. So it's in English but it's very dense. It's not English like how we speak. So I spent a year just like learning how to read this language and then, um, and then researching 
and reading every single character because there's just dozens and dozens of boxers and they're all intertwined with one another because they're fighting each other or they're they're you know sparring with each other they're friends and so i combed through this book for a year and after a year i was like you know i know who these men are as fighters but i want to know who they are as human beings yes and so i was like well their birth dates are here maybe i'll I'll look and see where the planets were and, and I'll, and I'll see, you know, what this means. And so I started looking up where the planets were aligned on the days that they were born. I obviously didn't have the time because, you know, they're born so long ago and they weren't like prominent figures. Celebrities. uh, Yeah. Well, they were, they were like, you know, they were boxers, but they weren't like Kings and Queens and that sort Mm, of stuff where they actually track that stuff. But, but what I found shocked me because when I started looking online for what it meant to have Mars and Pisces or, or Venus and Aries or Mercury and Aquarius, I was like, wow, this is not only this, this is, this is exactly the people that, that I've been researching to a T like there, this is, this is who they are. It made so much sense. And so at that moment, I, it just really hit me. I was like, okay, maybe there's something more to this astrology then I've given it credit credit for. Like, I, I mean, I know my primal triad, but I don't even know what it means. I don't know where my Mars, my Venus, my Mercury are. I, I wonder what it would look, what it would yes. be like if I looked up that stuff for me. Yes. And so I started looking it up for myself. And that's when I was truly stunned because what I found was not just me. It was the me that only I know. That's what well, freaked me exactly. out. Exactly. That part like, of your it, it story. Was, yeah. I was that like, part of your story resonates with how I discovered astrology was I just started mm. getting curious about all the different aspects in regards to my chart and my chart only. That was how I started. And it brought up all these things that I'm like, no one actually even knows about this. It's like people know some of the stuff about my chart, the outward qualities I present. But when it talks to or, or when it speaks to part of the parts of your chart where you might feel shame or you just don't want people to know or just like some of your behaviors and patterns that are mm-hmm. more under the radar. Um, when it shows that, when it reflects that in the astrology, it's incredibly eye-opening and it's also like validating it. It like de-shames any parts that you might feel de-shamed about and because you're like, well, this ex- is yes. how it's supposed to be designed. This is what I'm supposed to be up against. This is what I'm supposed to be working on and looking at. That's exactly what happened to me. You know, it uncovered those deeper layers that I knew were there, but I I don't want to admit to. Right. And so uh, it was very, it it was incredibly healing to me. Mm. All of a sudden, like Mm. all of, all of the guilt and shame and regret that I'd been weighing over my head for, for not being a a successful actor. Like I had set out to be when I was, when I moved to Los Angeles or, Mm. you know, not you know, just struggling as a writer and being so disappointed in myself and all of that washed away. Like I, I started looking up different public figures, celebrities, and I started looking at their primal triad and I'm like, Oh, so this is why I was terrified to be on stage and these sorts of things. And those people aren't, you know, it, it, everything that I was blaming myself for, went away. I suddenly understood who I was. And that's when I was like, oh my God, I'm, I'm meant to be an astrologer. That's what this all is. I, this is what I'm meant to do. I looked at my North node. It made sense. I was like, 
this is the most interesting puzzle that I could ever imagine falling into my lap. I've been praying to God to find something, you know, something, anything that's going to, that's going to allow me to like tap into my gifts and, and share them with other people and help people. And, and I found it with astrology. And from that moment, I was like, okay, I'm done writing. I'm going to make it my mission over the next year to learn everything that I can about this language. And, and then I'm going to start sharing it with other people and I'm going to build this into a business. And I have. I love that. And I love how it's just this natural progression in your life where if you hadn't leaned into trying these different opportunities and passions that you had in the film industry, just meeting people, living your life and getting random pings around astrology to finally prompt you to dive deeper and uncover your, your deep love and gift for it. Like that's just an amazing kind of natural evolvement to leading you towards what your uh, true purpose is supposed to be here on earth. Absolutely. And, and, and it was a question I had for you around, are there specific elements in your chart that really point out your um, gift as an astrologer and that being your, what you're supposed to be here for? You mentioned the North node. Mm-hmm. What, what does the North node signify just for people that aren't familiar? So the North node indicates your soul's purpose. It's the karmic pathway of there your it soul. Is. It's what you're meant to be doing and working towards in this lifetime. It's the gifts that you're meant to cultivate. And it's the, the karma that you're meant to experience in this life. It, the North node is always 180 degrees away from the South node, which is your past life karma and gifts that you've brought into this life. You're not supposed to forget that. You're supposed to utilize that past life gifts and karma to elevate you towards your North node. But what we tend to do is just fixate on that South node because it's what's familiar to us. And that is when things get very difficult in life because the planets, they're moving around to push you towards your North node. And the more that you're resisting that push, the more difficult life is becomes. Yeah. It's like we can stay stuck in the patterns that we're more familiar with or that we carried over into this lifetime from the past. Mm -hmm. It would be so easy to stay there. It's what we know, but we're here to grow and to elevate and to rise to new heights. And so if we can tap into the North node energy, while not easy, that's what gets us more on that newer energy and that higher energy. Exactly. Yes. So you, so what did you see in your chart specifically about your North node that <laughs> like that calls out yeah. Scott is supposed to be an astrologer? <laughs> well, so what happened was, yeah, how do I put this? It's, you know, my, my North node is conjunct my son. So I've always had this very clear sense of having a purpose Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's been very difficult for me to to find that because I was so stuck in my South Node energy. Yeah. Of so my North Node is in Scorpio. That's okay. where my Sun is. Right. Uh, my South Node's in Taurus. So uh, I was like really hungry to like make money and and all about you know it was all about money, money, money. The material. You know, and the more that I tried to do that, the more empty I felt. And so, um, but my North node is also in the seventh house. So the seventh house is associated with the seventh sign, which is Libra. Mm -hmm. 
Libra is symbolized by the scales. The scales represent balance, harmony, equanimity, fairness, relationships. So the seventh house is the house of marriage. So I recognized that by having the North Node in the seventh house and having the North Node in Scorpio, Scorpio is the immaterial. It's the magical realm. It's, it's the sixth sense. The Taurus is the five physical senses. Scorpio is the sixth sense. I yes. recognize that I was meant to develop my sixth sense in this life. I was meant to see what you can't pick up with the five physical senses. Right. So, so working with it. the magic, working with the planets and stars, and, and we can't really see what they're doing. But, uh, but I, through astrology, can see what they're doing. That sixth and, sense is and strong for you to help you tap into that and to just naturally I, narrow in on it. Yes, it's something that I'm meant to develop. And so, but then the relationship aspect was like, this is what I do with clients. It's like, oh, not right, only yes. merging, merging with them, which is the Scorpio energy, but, uh, but being in relationship with them and, and helping them get to where they, they need to go or helping them see what they need to see. Uh, this is something that I had naturally been doing throughout my life but I'd never been paid for it. I was always the friend that everybody came to, you know, whenever they had a problem or they needed to talk, you know, just go talk to Scott. He'll make you feel better. Cause I would see people yeah. for who they are in the most positive way. Um, but I would also, you know, see their blind spots and like, you're missing something right here. And this is why you're fucked up and that sort of thing. <laughs> but, um, but this is where your gifts are you know? Right. And so redirecting people. And so I was like, this is, this is what I'm supposed to do, but now I can use I the that. planets and stars to uncover what I intuitively knew already about my friends without knowing their astrology. Now I can do it with complete strangers just it. by looking at their chart. And I do a reading for someone and they're like, Oh my God, I feel like, you know, me, you're, I feel totally exposed. <laughs> right now like you're it is it does it must feel like as a full-time astrologer i mean you can really and you've done my chart in Mm -hmm. depth um i've had one-on-one readings with you and then i meet with you once a week and we Mm -hmm. deep dive into my chart and how the planets are moving but it always feels very vulnerable in a way because i'm like he can narrow in exactly but it always clicks for me with what i'm working on um recently a great example to share is there was a lot of energy in my sixth house. A lot of planets were moving through my sixth house. We were looking at that together. And at that time I had this like random ankle injury that I had gotten Mm -hmm. that took me about six weeks to recover from. I was super frustrated. It completely disrupted my daily routine, my yoga practice, walking my dog. And I had to do an overhaul of my routine and my diet and all of these things. And I'm feeling so much better now. Mm -hmm. And Funnily enough, that's as the energy is starting to move on towards the next house, but the sixth house being the house of, you know, the daily routine and the foundation. So when you pointed that out, I was like, instead of fighting it so much, I was able to kind of 
not relax, that might be a stretch, but just accept that this is the time that something like this is supposed to come up. It's for a reason. It's asking me to revisit, revise, renew my daily structure and see if there are improvements we I can make. Because I think so many of us get locked into our routines and just never question if it's good or bad. That's just one example where I think that looking at the astrology week over week, it, it can be really eye-opening what you share to uh, the people that you're working with. Yes, absolutely. And that's what's so much fun for me Yeah, is, is sharing what's going on right now with the planets and stars in relation to your astrological code. And then seeing that reaction from the other person, like, <laughs> Oh my, Oh my God. Yes. Like, let me yes. tell you the story of what's going on with me right now. And it totally reflects. It's those and aha so, moments. Yes. Have you ever done a reading for someone where some of the information or all of the information did not resonate for the person? No, I don't think so. Um, you know, sometimes people, uh, like I would say that there's been times where maybe somebody that I've done a reading for has gifted a reading for someone else who might be skeptical or not too into it, but it's like, okay, this person got me a gift with an astrology reading, you know? And so on those, I tend to get, you know, they can be like skeptical and they're kind of looking for different things or whatever, but <laughs> are looking to but, not feel into it, to right. not have the resonation. Yeah. So they're, they're wondering like, how does this guy know what he's talking about? <laughs> like, this is like, it, it, you can see the wheels turning in their minds where it's like, this is weird. You know, this is yes. really weird. But they almost don't want to believe it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But no one's ever been like, that's nothing like me. It's, <laughs> right. It's, it's, it's either like, oh my God, or it's shock that, that, that it is accurate and they're freaking out and not wanting to admit that they're freaking out, that it is accurate. You know, they're just like, yeah. I'm just processing. This is, this is really weird. I don't know. You know? It's, so. it's so true. And I can speak to that in regards to my astro style readings that I offer clients with my styling business, because when we look at their astrology, I can't think of one client where we haven't looked at their astrology in regards to their personal style, where it hasn't brought this like story example, aha moment, like, oh my God, this is why I'm stuck in my style or whatever it is because the, the planets and the way they're designed for that person is telling them exactly. It's like mirroring what they're stuck feeling stuck in. And so it's just super validating and helpful. And it also offers directions where they can go with mm -hmm. their style. If they're feeling really stuck, that's why I love pulling it into personal style. And so it's resonating with your, with your clients when you're talking to them about style and astrology. It is. And you know, so when I first started doing the astro style readings, um, about a year and a half ago, I was just looking at their, um, primal triad, their sun, their moon, and their rising. I, but I was doing the reading based off that, and it was still having the powerful results, but it wasn't until you and I started working together and I was explaining the astro style readings I was doing. And I was asking you if there's anything else I can look at to dive deeper, to just make the, the readings even more, um, interesting. Mm -hmm. And the first thing you called out that was such an aha moment was 
are you asking where their Venus is located? Like where the Mm. Venus placement is. And then are you looking at their house placements in correlation to the primal triad, both of which I was not looking at. Mm -hmm. And that was so eye-opening. And so I started pulling that into my readings and now the readings are just so layered and interesting. And the amount of, um, I think things for people to think about in regards to their style or have things click around their style is just, it's just so much more comprehensive now. Amazing. Amazing. You know, you can always go deeper. Uh, I, I just, I, I try not to, I, I should also say like, I try not to presume that I know this person. I just yeah. try to focus on, on the planets and the, and the stars and where they are and translate from that. Um, yeah. But you know, you can always go, go a layer deeper, you know, like if you even want to get deeper with like the Venus, you know, it's like looking at what planets are connected to Venus, what planets are connected to the sun and the moon, what right. planets are connected to the ascendant, that's going to add another layer of flavor to the interpretation. Of yeah. And, and it's also like, I think feeling out how deep someone's probably ready to go. That's too. Exactly. It's like, you really do have to kind of use your intuition there. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, when you are doing your readings, like your one-on-one deep dives with when you're reading people's natal astrology charts, where are like the first places you go on the chart? Like you want to make sure they under walk away, understanding this, 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 and this, like, what are the main aspects that you look at to start? I look at the sun, the moon, and the rising sign. Yeah. That's, you know, that's the basic understanding. It's the most recognizable traits of your personality. It's the primal triad. Um, And then beyond that, if I'm doing like a shorter reading for somebody, I want to highlight the North Node, as we mentioned, and uh, Chiron, which is the wound and the ancient wisdom that is unlocked through healing that wound. So I think those five pieces are the, are the, all the keys to really getting a comprehensive understanding on a, on a surface level. I love that. Yes. Yeah. That makes sense. Cause you want them to know what their personality is all about Mm -hmm. outwardly, inwardly, and how other people might perceive their personality as well as what they're up against, like what maybe a wound is that they're going to be here to work on in life and then where they're trying to go, what their, what their soul's purpose is, what their ultimate desires are in life leading them towards. So I think that feels, that sounds like to me, very well-rounded and makes sense as just a great starting place. Cause you could really deep dive into all the planets and aspects and houses. Um, have you like, so I think transitioning, we had talked about, it might be fun to share a little bit about a current event, like Mm -hmm. current public event and how the current or recent astrology really impacted that event or lined up beautifully for somebody. And so one example that came to mind for me, because it's just been all over the press (laughs) is the wedding between Kourtney Kardashian and Travis Barker this past weekend. They got married in Portofino, Italy, the weekend before on the 15th of uh, May, which really piqued my interest was they got their legal marriage license in Santa Barbara on the day of the full lunar eclipse, full moon in Scorpio, which my first thought was either this is like the best idea ever or 
wow, really <laughs> intense and scary idea ever because everyone always talks about eclipse energy being so intense and heavy and how it brings up things from the past that we're shedding and things that we're trying to bring into our life. And I wasn't sure based on their personal astrology, where, what the aspects were. And I was very curious. And so I asked you about it and maybe we could share a little bit about what you saw when you looked at their astrology charts and the, the current astrological transits. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely like kind of a wow, like you were saying with like getting married on the the full lunar eclipse. And that's like supposed to be a time to maybe release Yes, not release. to engage, chapters, you know, right. and when you think that it was happening in Scorpio, the <laughs> deepest, darkest, most passionate sign, it's like, wow, are these two working with some like crazy black magic here or something? <laughs> exactly. I don't know. Like, exactly. Maybe they are. I, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't I really think know they were probably working on. with someone though. Cause it <laughs> oh, did well, seem very I, timely. Yes. It's one of those things where it makes you say like yeah they're they're definitely working with an astrologer yeah or a magician or a psychic or something <laughs> totally you know? totally it's like you don't just randomly decide to get to get officially married legally married under the full lunar eclipse in scorpio yes that's, it's just a very that's a plan. marked day <laughs> exactly yeah. it's marked yeah, it exactly out. exactly so you know in looking at their their two charts you know, um, like on that day, yeah, in what do particular, you see? Well, so you know, I let me bring it up, yeah, here. let's so, look at it, yeah. So, you know, here's Travis Barker, uh, Travis Barker in, in the transits for May 15th. You know, that full lunar eclipse is the, the moon is conjunct with his north node in Scorpio. So Scorpio, oh, this wow. is, this is, this is bonds. This is like lifetime past life bonding. You know, Scorpio is the sign that represents death and rebirth. And what it represents is the death of the singular self and the rebirth of the unit. So Scorpio, these bonds are formed, forged, they're forged through acts of intimacy, such as a verbal intimacy, like a secret, a physical intimacy, like sex, or a financial intimacy, like sharing money with someone. So the moon in Scorpio conjunct with Travis's North Node, his soul's purpose, and conjunct his son. His son. So and wow, the, that's yes. powerful in and of itself. Exactly, exactly. So he's like seriously committing right now to right. something. It's you not know? just it's not not just another marriage because it was his third marriage, I believe. Third marriage, yeah. yes. And there's a long gap between his last marriage and this marriage, like right. over a decade. Right. So, uh, you know, his he's a Scorpio son, so he's not going to do any, he's not going to bond with anyone halfway whether it's a lover or a friend, uh, he, he gives when he gives of himself, whether the other person knows it or not, from his perspective, he's giving like everything he's giving him whole, his whole self. And so to be married to somebody 
with this alignment is a total and utter commitment. Wow. Uh, then you've got the, the sun, which is directly opposite the moon because it's a full moon and it's fully reflecting the light of the sun. That's why it's a full moon. The sun is opposite his sun and his North node. So it's bringing that light life and vitality mm. to his soul's purpose and to his identity. Uh, so that is those are that's what the full moon was doing there uh, with some key points in his astrological code. They're also uh, both in alignment with his ascendant. His ascendant is at 24 degrees in cancer. So he, this is this is a sextile for the sun and a trine for the moon. Both of these are very positive aspects. Um, this, the, the ascendant is, is not just your personality, but it's the essence of your soul. So he's truly committing at a soul level with Courtney Kardashian. You know, this is, this is not just for this lifetime. This is for like lifetime after lifetime after lifetime. It's like their souls are being bonded in a way if they weren't already bonded before. And, you know, I had, read somewhere about him saying, or it was Chris Jenner saying that he had said that he knew that Courtney was the person for him. And he didn't care that she was in a relationship with another person. He was moving to Calabasas just so he could be close to her. So that's what I'm talking yes. about with that Scorpio yes. <laughs> and stalker stuff. Like he moved. To I, well, yes, you're right. So the stalker stuff that, that is stalking. He's like, <laughs> even if we're not together, I just need to be in her, her energy field. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Larry, that is very Scorpio. Exactly. Scorpio. Yes. Um, well, and also it's like, ever since they started dating, everyone has seen this like public display of PDA at all times. They're Mm -hmm. always like passionately making out, doing Mm -hmm. all of this wild stuff and people, you know, say what they will about it. It does feel really authentic, even though it is a little bit extra, it feels very authentic. Like you can see the way he looks at her and the way she looks at him. It's just, it's not just human to human. It's like soul to soul. And it's, I've never quite seen anything like that, at least um, displayed in such a a large way. Cause it's like, everyone knows the Kardashians. And so the amount of press that these, this couple has gotten ever since they got together has just been this like enormous um, storm. Like I feel like Courtney Kardashian is more popular than ever. It's like her moment to really shine. Yeah. And so, you know, first of all, he means it. 100%. 100%. It's, yeah, it's not when just he, for show. When, uh, it, it's not just for show, but it is also for the show because he's yeah. he, he's invigorated by being the center of attention. So this is an odd thing for a Scorpio because typically you think of Scorpio as like, you know, the scorpion's in the corner. It's in the crack in the wall. Hiding. It's under the rock. Yeah. It's hiding, you know, but he's a fifth house son. And the fifth house is associated with the fifth sign, which is Leo. And Leo is ruled by the sun. Therefore, the fifth house is ruled by the sun. So his son is in a position of power because it's in the house that it rules, the fifth house. And this is why he revels in being the center of attention and being in the spotlight. This is why he revels it being with the Kardashian. That's it's so not to say that in like a negative way, like he's 
fame hungry, this and that. Yeah, he's taking advantage. This is this is his soul's purpose, honestly. Yeah. Because yeah. like his north node is also in the fifth house. And that's so why Travis, he's drawn to someone like her. Exactly. Like he, he knows is, what he's signing up for. He's, he's not just the, signing up for her, he's signing up for the whole family, all of the shows, the whole legacy of, of the Kardashian family. Yeah, exactly. And maybe that just came to mind, right? As you're talking about his Scorpio energy, maybe that's why he wears sunglasses so much on the red carpet. Mm -hmm. And when he's photographed, maybe that's like his way. Cause I know I wear sunglasses on the days where I obviously am being seen, but I don't want to be seen. Mm -hmm. Like, like I feel like that level of protection of like wearing sunglasses and he seems to be wearing them almost all of the time. Every time he's photographed, I'm like, dude, take your sunglasses off. But no. maybe that's his important layer of like security and protection because yeah, he does have a camera or a um, paparazzi in his face at all times, especially lately. He wants, yes. So his soul's purpose is to be the center of attention, is to be bonded. This is why on, on an energetic soul's purpose level, he couldn't find a more perfect person than Courtney Kardashian. <laughs> that's wild. So, uh, but but to 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 your point of the sunglasses yeah. and the tattoos. Oh both, yes, the tattoos. Both obviously, these, mm -hmm. both of these are protective layers for him. That makes so. so and much it's sense. not just because of of him being a Scorpio Sun. It's also because he's a Cancer rising. So oh. this is the energy that you put out to people you don't know in situations where you're uncomfortable, places where you're unfamiliar. If you ever feel threatened, what you're showing is your rising sign. And so his rising sign is cancer, which is another water sign like Scorpio, but it's, it's very sensitive. It's very nurturing. This is why, you know, even though he, like, he looks like a total badass, he, you can tell that. He's also very sweet and very nurturing so soft and he's a, he's a father, you yeah. know, he loves his kids. You see right. his love, you know, because he's a natural nurturer, but that cancer energy is, you know, think of the crab. Yeah. The crab is that, is that creature with the hard outer shell <clears throat> and the soft inner core. Right. So it's got to protect that inner core. It's very sensitive. It's very yes. subtle. So it's moving sideways. So he picks up energy from people, places, and things. That's what cancer rising people do. If you're a cancer rising, you're somebody, if you're around somebody who's negative, all of a sudden you're complaining and you're like, why am I even complaining? I, but it's because you've picked up this energy, energy. from a per person, a place, or a thing. So to protect himself from this energy, he's covered his body Tattoos. in ink. And he, and, and when you think about the ink too, because when somebody is tattooing you, that's like, it's, it's basically like having sex with somebody it's, you know, you, this is a deep energetic yes. exchange. Yes. It's a deep energetic exchange. And so in some ways I imagine maybe not his first couple tattoos, but I imagine, you know, now that he's like totally covered like the he probably has maybe one person or two people that that he it may, it's i imagine it's just one person that he just trusts and this is his person and they are in a deep bond with each other right i would and believe so that, it's yeah. like the whoever's creating this this art on his body that person's energy is like a protective layer for him 
Yeah. And tattoos in general, I think can offer that layer of protection or distraction from whatever the emotional state is. No, people aren't going to be focused as much as how soft-spoken he is, how sensitive mm-hmm. he is, because what you first see, he leads with his tattoos mm-hmm. and exactly. then the, the sunglasses, the like that's like his vibe. That's his overall style. And so it's like people focus their energy on that. And then maybe they miss how self-spoken and sensitive he is, except for the people that are, he's really intimate in his private life with. So that makes a lot of sense to me. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Let's look at Courtney's Courtney yes. on May 15th, because I want to, I want to bring it. Okay. Full yeah. Full. Courtney, Courtney. So, you know, Courtney, when this was happening, the moon in Scorpio was transiting through her eighth house, which is associated with the eighth sign, which is Scorpio, the house of death. More Scorpio so This energy. is a more like deep karmic bond. Like I am committing to you for not just this lifetime, but for lifetimes. Like this is a deep bonded mm. soul energy that's occurring here. Um, what I really love about the day that they chose here is Courtney's son or Courtney's Venus her planet of love and relationship is at 24 degrees in Pisces. So that forms a sextile with the sun at 25 degrees in Taurus and a trine with the moon in Scorpio. So again, these are both very positive aspects. Uh, Her Venus is in very positive alignment with Travis's ascendant. This is why there's so much love nature between them. Uh, but have be, being married with the sun, bringing its life, life and vitality with your planet of love. I mean, can you think of a better yeah, alignment that seems, to have? That seems like a pretty married? magnetic like, combination. <laughs> it seems like that's kind of like a, like a, a necessary conclusion that if yes. you're going to get married, you're going to get married with the sun in positive alignment with the planet of love. And so (laughs) that's what's happening for her. In addition, you know, Mars, uh, the God of war, the planet of action, but attraction, the planet of attraction, Mars, the planet of attraction was at 23 degrees in Pisces conjunct at the same degree in the same sign as her Venus. So that creates that, that, that attraction, that energy that we're going to, we're, our relationship's going to be hot, you know, and like taking the action on it, taking that next step to make it more formalized. Exactly. And that also connects with Travis's ascendant, his, his, the essence of his soul and his son, his identity. So this both, both the sun and Mars were in very positive alignment and the moon with Travis's son, uh, his ascendant, his North node and Courtney's Venus. I mean, it's like, it's like hitting the jackpot in, in some So, I mean, it really sounds like for them, they picked the perfect day for the, the lunar eclipse, full moon Scorpio, but that doesn't mean necessarily it would play out that way for everyone. That's why it's so important to look at not the general aspects, but how they're personalized for each individual's chart, especially if you're making a decision like that and you want to take that into account. Absolutely. Based on what you've just shared, which is so eye-opening and and helpful for people that are curious, like about the longevity of their relationship. It doesn't Mm -hmm. sound like it's just like going to be the next marriage, Travis's third. I think it's Courtney's first, but like 
this they're in it for the long haul. There's like a soul connection here. And it both seems to be leading towards their destiny, towards mm -hmm. their there ultimate is, destiny. There is a, a an indication of commitment with uh, the with Saturn, which is the planet of commitment, is aspecting Courtney's son, her vitality in a very positive way. So that was happening as well. So that indicates that, you know, this, this could be a relationship that lasts. Uh, Saturn was also connecting, uh, but Saturn is connecting to Travis's son in a very challenging way. So it's connecting to Courtney's son in a very positive way, but Travis's son in a very challenging way. So maybe there's some unforeseen challenges that are coming up on the horizon uh, where he will remain committed, but he's going to have to sacrifice himself in some ways that are very difficult for him to restructure his life. But at oh, the same time, at the same time, Saturn is also connecting to Travis's Chiron. We talked about Chiron, the wounded healer. Right in a very positive way. So there's something about this Saturn connection that even though it might be difficult for this, it's very healing for him as well. Uh, and then Saturn was also in Travis's eighth house, the house of death associated with the eighth sign Scorpio. That's where it was transiting. So again, that shows commitment long-term. Fascinating. And I, I'm glad that you called that out about not potential challenges because I hate to to bring that energy, but at the same time, it's realistic. It's like yes. we're all we're not always just gonna have this like perfect fairy tale ending <laughs> and like that's it. That everything looks perfect. It's like there's always gonna be that light and shadow side, and there's always gonna be challenges that we come up against in life. But they're when we can think about it through the lens of they're there for a reason. They can help us work past some of these blocks that we were our souls came to life to work on. It doesn't make it easier, but it can help you accept more that you are here to encounter some of these challenges. Exactly. And this is something that I do with all of my clients that have come to me and asked me when I should get married. You know, <laughs> I don't, and, and it's happened several times and, and I'll do that for people, but I'm not going to choose the date for you. I'm yeah. going to offer various suggestions. Yeah. I'm going to give you several dates to choose from. And I'm going to share with you what the energy is on each of those dates. And then you can decide because like you said, there is no date that's like, Oh, the perfect fairy tale. Right. Like I can point out gifts and challenges for any date. Some days there's going to be more gifts. Some days there's going to be more challenges. They definitely chose a date with a lot of amazing gifts, but there's still some challenges there. And of it's course. important for them to recognize that because let's be honest, is is amazing as it might feel to be with someone there's always going to be challenges and conflicts when you're committing long term yes and, and if so, there's not that's actually kind of creepy like <laughs> you have you need to have some challenges that's that would be really strange yes. you didn't um and you know and that speaks also you haven't looked at when i should get married um that's not what is of focus for me right now but we did look at my podcast, I was asking you because my original mm -hmm. podcast launch date was going to be during Mercury retrograde. And when I realized that I was like, oh no, I have to pick another date because I just don't, didn't want to launch in the middle of Mercury retrograde. And so you actually offered me a few dates. You didn't just yes. offer me one. And then exactly. based on 
what felt right for me was the date that I landed on, but it was helpful to have more than one date to look at. And then I was able to tune into my intuition because I knew that the first date during Mercury retrograde didn't feel right. And then when you um, offered these other dates, I knew exactly which one felt right immediately. And then that was the date that I went with. And that didn't make it easier to launch the podcast that day. It's still been a a challenge to get everything pulled together. But knowing that that was what the date that felt more resonant in my gut actually helped me keep myself tied to the obligations of fulfilling uh, the launch. So it's just really helpful. And that's what's so cool about what you are able to offer people. And I love that you don't tell them what to do, but offer different ideas for them to look at. Cause there's always going to be that the challenge and the benefits of certain days more than others. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There's a, there's a, uh, uh, <laughs> a, a bike ride teacher on Peloton. I'm not sure what his name is, but my lady, uh, my sister uh, would know <laughs> <laughs> she rides to him all the time. And, and I, I totally stole something from him that he says that I just think is brilliant. He's like, I make suggestions and you make decisions. And yes. so that's what I oh, do. Yeah, you know, I make suggestions and you make su- decisions. It's, it's up to you. Like, yeah, I'm just a guide. I'm not, you know, going to force you down any path. Oh, like, right. Yes. Yes. I love that. That, that is a helpful way to, to, to think about the relationship too, because yeah, you, you shouldn't be telling people what to do anyways. And as a coach, I can resonate with that. We're, we're here to support and guide and maybe offer insights, but we're not there to tell them what to do or what decisions to make for their life mm-hmm. or for their style. Um, the other thing that I thought would be fun to look at, because I have thought about my own personal style over the years and just because I know you have such an affinity for looking at celebrities, mm-hmm. um, astrology charts, I ha- gave you a list when we first started working together of people that have influenced not only just my style, but just my overall vibe and like energy that I appreciate about other people. And so when you asked me about someone's style that I carry their energy with Mary Tyler Moore transitioning from court. Courtney Kardashian to Mary Tyler Moore feels kind of random, (laughs) but Mary Tyler Moore was the first person that popped into my head because, you know, I grew up watching, I was only allowed to watch two channels growing up, um, Nickelodeon or Disney channel. Mm -hmm. So I watched Nick at night every single night growing up. And I watched all of the shows from the fifties to seventies. And the Mary Tyler Moore show was one of my favorite shows. I was completely obsessed with it. And I even bought like the whole seven series on DVD when DVDs were a thing and would still watch the series in my twenties and people would make so much fun of me. And then they would watch the show with me and they're like, oh, wow, this show is really smart and well-written and like super interesting. And the character that Mary Tyler Moore played, Mary Richards, I just resonated with her vibe. She was a working woman, single, lived by herself in an apartment. She was navigating the career world where she was trying to work her way up in her career and in the ladder and and in the dating scene. And so when I had a desk job in my 20s and I didn't know what I was doing, I had no skills yet. One of the ways that I was able to try and tap into the energy of like looking smart and put together and having this desk job that I wanted to really feel into was I think you have to dress the part. And so I would, I would wear the, the power statement blazers. Like I'm wearing today. I'm really trying to channel her energy today, but she, she really brought that like menswear inspired, um, 
focus into her masculine, feminine dressing, like the way she dressed for work. And then I was super into vintage and I wore a lot of like 60s uh, shift dresses and stuff like that. So I just very much connected to her vibe. And I thought it would be fun if we could look at her chart in, in conjunction with mine. And if there's any crossover to why I might feel curiosity about her as a person and in regards to my style. I love this, Tiffany. I love this. It's so fun. You know, so this, fun. This, is, this is how I learned the language of astrology was by, by literally looking at thousands of charts of public figures, you know, and so it helped me understand myself to look at like, like what you want to do right here. Like, why do I like Mary Tyler more? You know, yeah. What, why what am it, I drawn to her? Exactly. There's gotta be something in my chart and her chart that is leading me towards that. Yes. I've never met Mary Tyler. I never met her when she was sure. alive. So what, what's the deal? Well, the most, the simplest way to look at it again, like we start with the primal triad, the sun, the moon, and the rising sign. So you're a, a Libra sun, a Pisces moon, and a Sagittarius rising. Yep. Mary Tyler Moore is a Capricorn sun in a Cancer moon, which are not in your primal triad, but she's a Pisces rising. So she's a Pisces rising, you're a Pisces moon. So that on its face shows that, you know, you are reflecting her and she is reflecting you. You wow, instinctually or intuitively saw yourself in her or saw a part of yourself. Exactly. In her. That's yes. how I would describe it. Yes. So the other thing to look That's at here. Interesting. Yes. Yes. So, you know, and it's only three degrees apart. She was born with Pisces at 13 degrees rising along the horizon. You were born with the Pisces moon at 10 degrees. So her rising sign is only three degrees away from your moon. Wow. So there's something about your emotions you're like emotionally connected to the essence of her soul, her which, face, her body, her personality, yes. all of that. Which this makes so much sense because what I'm saying about when I was obsessed with the Mary Tyler Moore show and had the whole collection on DVD, I would watch it almost every night where like mm -hmm. the partner I lived with or um, friends that would come over, like you're watching it again. Like, I don't understand <laughs> how you can watch the same episode over and over again. But for me, it was always this like comfort. I would come home from work. I needed to turn my brain off. I wanted to feel soothed and comfortable. It was familiar. I knew exactly what was going to happen. It made me, I would fall asleep to it. I wouldn't even necessarily watch the episodes. It would like lull me to sleep. It was like literally that had that emotional, soothing, balmy effect on me. So th that you point that out is really interesting. Yes. It soothed you emotionally just yeah. to be in her presence, yes. the presence of her yes. energy. Yes. So yes. Now the other, th the other thing to see is, you know, where are the planets landing? It's like your, her sun, her Jupiter, her North node and her midheaven are all in your first house, the house of personality. So her identity her soul's purpose, her desire to accomplish and achieve things in life, and her, her future outlook are all in your first house, which is the house of your personality, the house of self. So this is why you're able to, again, identify with her. It's like you, she shines light on who you are. She helps you see who you are. 
that is wow. these four symbols in the first house. So the sun, vitality, the, the Jupiter, belief, the north node, soul's purpose, and the midheaven, career, achievement. Those are lighting up your first house. Her, her planets load up your seventh house. So, or your planets, actually, your planets load up her seventh house. So your Pluto, uh, which is transformation, Jupiter, belief, uh, the sun, vitality, Saturn, responsibility, the, the midheaven, they're all in her seventh house, the house of marriage. So it's hmm. like you were in a relationship. With Mary <laughs> it is. It, you know, she has it? been my most long-term relationship <laughs> by far. That's exactly. Hilarious. She's like, it. you feel like she's a natural partner to you. <laughs> That's it. That is literally so fascinating. Yes. I never would. I mean, it really just tracks back to what we've been saying about how astrology just truly backs up how it's feeling in your head and you don't even necessarily have the words for it. It's just the feeling that you feel. And then when you can learn the language and unpack it, it puts a a context to everything Mm -hmm. that you're feeling already inside. So thank you for, for doing that. Cause I, that was really fun for me to see just why my obsession is there and why I felt so connected to her um, and still do. There's one more, one more, key oh, one more part I, I want to just Great. say, because, and, and maybe this is, this is more for me as your astrologer and you as my client Yes, is, you know, Please. we talk a lot about your North node yeah. and you'll see here that Mary Tyler Moore's moon, her emotions and her Pluto transformation are both conjunct to your North node. So yes. there's something that you're drawn to her to learn how to follow your North node. She's teaching you how to wow. follow your North node. So in everything well, and, yeah, in regards in life, to my, my desk job, she really helped me feel into owning that I was, um, you know, moving up on the corporate ladder. I was trying to make a stake for myself and my career. And then also in being single and being okay with being a single woman living on my own and just embracing that because a lot of times, I think I felt shame. Why am I still single in my thirties? That was her whole deal on the show. Mm -hmm. Like she was in her late thirties and still single. And it just made me relax about it. I'm like, no, it's actually cool that I'm independent and live on my own and have everything that I need and feel really okay with that. Cause Mm. that, that didn't always feel the case for me. I I would think that I was doing something wrong. And she really helped show me that no, there are different ways to live your life. You don't just have to follow this programmed way that we're all seeing getting married and all of that. So amazing. It really, it, so <laughs> many aspects. It's so fun to see that in, in her astrology and mine. Um, well, this has been such an insightful conversation as always, Scott, I learned so much from you. And um, I think that not only does your, your weekly podcast offer so many glems or gems every week, but if you do work with you one-on-one, that's when the magic really happens, in my opinion, because that's when you can really take a deep dive on the, how it impacts you personally. So just to kind of close out, could you share a little bit about where people can find you, what your different offerings are, and, and how people can just learn more about astrology with you? Absolutely. Thank you so much, Tiffany. Uh, you can find me at theweeklytransit.com. That's my that's my website, theweeklytransit.com. All my offerings are there. I offer 
various readings, different lengths, depending on how deep you want to go. Uh, 30 minutes, an hour, 90 minutes, 90 minutes, we'll get through it all. Yeah. Uh, 60 minutes, we'll cover the natal chart. Uh, 30 minutes, we'll get through the, the primal triad and the and the uh, the the North Node and the and Chiron. Uh, but if you're somebody who already understands that about yourself and you want to get into transits or you have a question or you want to look back at a date or look ahead at some dates, I do that as well through either the, either of those offerings. Uh, I also do couple readings as well. Oh, very uh, and cool. Then I, and then I offer a series of classes called the moon cycle classes, where we look at the, where the new moon and the full moon are going to be. So there's a class for each one of those. You, you, you take both, you sign up for both. We go through a, an entire cycle together and we're looking at where these alignments are occurring, the sun and the moon in your astrological code so that you can understand how to work through that energy during the moon cycle. And then finally, I have the cosmic pathway, which is what I do with you and several other clients where we meet once a week. And like I said earlier, I I see myself as a guide, uh, somebody that's helping you understand what's going on in your life presently and looking forward. Um, And we're setting goals if that's something you want to, if you're into, or if you just want to learn astrology, I'm flexible. Uh, But it's uh, it's a lot of fun for me to to connect with you, Tiffany, and my other clients, and really experience what you're going through in life, the highs and the lows, yes. and help you help guide you through those difficult periods into uh, the periods that we can celebrate. I love that, and so many robust offerings, and I can just speak to really the podcast, the, I did a 90 minute reading with you and then now being in the cosmic pathway. And I just highly, highly recommend if you're looking to deep dive into your astrology chart, how it can impact you and what you're working with in your life. And with the planets at large, definitely book a reading or sign up for the cosmic pathway with Scott. It's just so incredible. And your weekly transit podcast drops on Sundays every week. Yes. And people can go to your website to find out more. I will put a link to your website in the show notes. Hope I can have you back on the show again oh my sometime. God. Are There's you just kidding so me? many yes. fun things we can deep dive into. <laughs> Thank you so much so for much coming fun. on. And we will see you next time on the Epiphany with Tiffany podcast. Thank you, Bye. Tiffany. You're welcome. Bye. Bye. Bye.